Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast and back for his weekly visit, my NFL and fantasy football expert, Andy Rio, who's covered fantasy for roughly 20 years now. And it's always good to catch up with you, Andy. Great, great to do this, Andy, after a Texans win for the first time this year. Yeah, I mean, they pulled it out. I mean, it was touch and go the whole way. Jacksonville did not play very well, but uh, certainly need to give credit to the Texans, especially their outstanding rookie running back, Damian Pierce. I know it wasn't thrilling, but what did you make of the win over the Jaguars? And I mean, it's never thrilling when the Jaguars and Texans meet, typically. Well, I, I mean, I was obviously impressed by the defensive showing. I mean, Jacksonville had uh, made a lot of great strides on offense early in the season, and they put the clamps on uh, Trevor Lawrence and company. Of course, the most impressive Texan to me is Damian Pierce. I mean, that uh, one run he had was just phenomenal and uh, another great day in reality and fantasy. And right now we found the only thing that can stop Damian Pierce, which, of course, is the bye week. That's correct. And, I mean, I don't know if – he reminds you of anybody yet, but he broke five tackles on that masterful run uh, late in the game. And by the way, Pro Football Focus gave him 17 broken tackles in the Jags game, which is the most ever for a running back since they started keeping those stats. And I think the Pro Football Focus roughly about 2006. And I, I don't know if you need any help of somebody that he may remind you of, but I've got this little cap on here that's got a particular team on it. And behind me, there's this little thing. It says, love you blue on it. I don't know if you could tell back from my uh, my junk pile from when I was a kid. So is there anybody that he reminds you of? Well, I, I'm thinking you want me to say Earl Campbell on that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not Tim Wilson. Maybe someday he'll have a street named after him like uh, Earl does up in Tyler. Yeah, I, I think he's just uh, really special and just can't wait to watch him more this year. I think finally we got somebody from the Texans that, hey, this is fun to watch. And we haven't had that guy since we had Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago. He's, he's a major building block, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I, I wasn't exactly blown away either with the revamped Jags offense. I had heard about what they were doing. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be better. Saw a lot of passes dropped that weren't Trevor's fault, but I don't know if he looked much different than the Trevor Lawrence that we saw last year, at least this week anyway. Well, he had had good games uh, earlier this year, and he really hit a roadblock in week four in Philadelphia, which I was willing to write off. I mean, the Eagles obviously are the only undefeated team left. They have a great defense. Uh, you know, the game was not out of hand. It was an eight-point loss. So I was kind of willing to write that off. But, yeah, he really struggled against the Texans. It was definitely a lot closer to, you know, last year's Urban Meyer debacle than the, the early promise they showed under Doug Peterson. And, you know, Jacksonville obviously is, is still a team, you know, growing. Uh, they may have just days that are off days like this, but they also seem to have problems with the Texans too. So uh, we'll see if Jacksonville can, can get back on track against Indianapolis this week, which uh, all of a sudden, you know, that looms as a pretty big game in the South. Yeah, I guess any big game is a game or any game in the South is a big game because none of these teams look like they're ready to take the reins on this uh, division. And the other thing I was thinking about when I was watching the game, it's a couple straight weeks where we've seen Nico Collins do something for the Texans. I know 
fantasy people aren't running to get Nico Collins yet, but at least we're starting to see what he can do a little bit. Well, as, as I've pointed out before, I mean, I think at a minimum, you know, he's worthy in some leagues of, of bench spots and he could be a spot starter here with the buys coming up. When the Texans having an early buy, uh, you know, there's a lot more buy weeks to come. So maybe he can kind of fit in. Uh, he has been getting a little bit more involved at the expense of Brandon Cooks of late. Uh, but the problem just overall is is Davis Mills is just seemingly not capable of supporting. He certainly can't support two fantasy receivers on a given week. And it's getting harder, I think, for one receiver to have that necessary support. So uh, if you had to start one of the two, it's still going to be Cooks. But, uh, you know, you it, it's becoming a little bit more obvious that he's capable of letdowns more than he is at big games of play. So. Uh, I wouldn't really get excited about Collins, but his mid-range production at this point seems a little bit more steady. Yeah, I think he could be a real wide receiver in the fantasy game if he had a good quarterback. And it looks like they're going to sort of tailor the offense more to Pierce as the season goes along, which is what they should have done to begin with, is what I thought. (laughs) Collins right now is one of those guys who's probably better in reality than fantasy, but, uh, you know, if things change down the line, if the Texans improve at quarterback, uh, those two may come a little bit closer together, fantasy and reality. That would be nice. Uh, reminder to our listeners and viewers to subscribe, comment, and like us on YouTube. It's the best way to support the show. Make sure to catch our live Texans post-game shows every week, except this one, of course, with the bye week. And in the meantime, though, don't worry, because we're going to have live post-game shows, tons of them, because the Astros postseason post-game shows we're doing live. So check those out. My old co-host, Stephen Kerr, joining me for that one. Sean Bajani might join me as well. And Andy, the Texans are one of four teams with buys this week, but there are some huge games on the schedule. And the most exciting game on paper this season, uh, or on your television too, I think, is going to be this Mahomes and Josh Allen's matchup. And, and Bills and Chiefs, I mean, this is it. I mean, this could be an AFC uh conference championship preview well it's going to be hard to top uh the playoff game that they played uh, back in january which uh, arguably was the greatest game of all time i mean i know that's kind of a grand statement but you could make a case for it um you know should be a lot of fun again in kansas city on sunday Uh, obviously from a fantasy perspective anybody that's viable uh you're going to want to have them in this game because of course it has immense shootout potential but yeah, what a great stage uh, for for two great quarterbacks, two fun teams to watch, uh, two great football cities. Uh, I mean, it's the kind of game that makes you really celebrate football, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, uh, like I said, it's going to be very hard for that game to top the playoff game, but it should be a pretty entertaining game. Should be a pretty high scoring game. Uh, lots of fantasy production on both sides. Uh, most everybody out there knows the usual suspects, I guess. So we'll talk about kind of the fringe players a little bit. Uh, you know, for Buffalo, if you have Devin Singletary, you're hoping he's a little bit more involved in this one. He did not do much against the Steelers, uh, in which was a good spot. Of course, uh, Josh Allen and Gabriel Davis were, were connecting like crazy in that game. So it's a bit understandable. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was a little bit more involved for Kansas City in the backfield over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, so that's something to watch, especially if the Chiefs do end up chasing points a little bit. Uh, and they're a rare home underdog. That almost never happens. It's a small underdog, of course, but 
this might be a situation where they have to play catch up like they did on Monday night. Of course, what can you say about Travis Kelsey getting four touchdowns on Monday night? Uh, you know, I've seen clips when Kellen Winslow got five. So if there's any tight end that could potentially match that, uh, you know, it's going to be Kelsey or potentially Mark Andrews, but uh, Kelsey came very close the other night. Uh, kind of like what I saw a little bit out of Marquez Valdez scantling in that game. He has traditionally been a hot and cold fantasy player, but uh, he seemed to be a little bit more involved overall, not just running the long patterns and Juju Smith-Schuster. So uh, definitely this might be a game where you could get a, a big showing from Valdez scantling. Do you lean towards the Bills because the Chiefs had a short week, or do you think that is going to affect the Chiefs at all? I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the Chiefs. I, I think that uh, most people would say that Buffalo is a slightly better team on paper, so that might be the lean in this one, but that's anybody's ball game. It's it's truly a pick em, even if the odds makers have Buffalo as a very slight favorite. I'm going to pick the Chiefs because I think they're going to want to make a statement, but we'll, we'll, we're going to find out. I'm like, I just can't wait. I'm just so excited to watch that game. Uh, the Cowboys are at the Eagles, and who would have guessed – how intriguing this one was going to be a few weeks ago. They're a combined nine and one, Andy. Yeah. I mean, after watching uh, the Buffalo Kansas city game in the three twenty-five window, then you get Sunday night football with Dallas at Philadelphia, uh, Cooper rush uh, in line to get another start. This is going to be obviously his biggest test as a starter. Uh, you know, Dallas, uh, I think still, despite his one loss record, very eager for Dak Prescott to come back because he gives, the offense a higher ceiling. Uh, you know, the story in Dallas, basically from a fantasy perspective, uh, really two stories. I mean, Dalton Schultz has been disappointing, kind of plagued by injuries. Uh, he's kind of drifted out of must-start territory at the moment at tight end. The other thing, Tony Pollard continues to look more explosive than Zeke Elliott, uh, but Zeke is still kind of the money man in terms of uh, running the ball overall in Big D. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to, leave Elliott in there if you need him and hope he gets a touchdown. He hasn't been doing a lot of that. I think Pollard certainly has uh, more upside. Uh, you know, he's still probably a flex in most cases because you could have a bad day, but his good days are pretty darn good. Uh, shifting to Philadelphia, the usual suspect should be in place uh, for another nice performance. Uh, Devontae Smith has really uh, played well of late for the Eagles. Of course, you've got the great A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard, who is one of the best tight ends in fantasy, not named Kelsey or Andrews. Uh, Miles Sanders has been a little hot and cold, but he's had some good moments this year. And, of course, Jalen Hurts has been awesome. So that should be another fun game, although it might not be as high scoring because both those teams have excellent defenses. The Eagles are at home. I want to lean towards the Eagles because I also think they're the better team overall, but this is the NFL, so you don't know what's going to happen. But I, yeah, especially two fierce rivals and all that. I, I would probably pick Philadelphia, uh, but it would, you know, shock me if Dallas pulls the game. Out. We got more surprises. The surprising Jets, the three and two Jets, J E T S, are at the Packers. Are you a Jets believer? In this case, uh, not quite ready to go uh, full in on believing in the Jets. Uh, certainly their rookie running back, Brees Hall, has been uh, phenomenal of late. Uh, last week he had just short of 200 total yards in the blowout victory over Miami. Uh, had some bad touchdown luck. He had a couple of long passes where he got stopped just short of the goal line, came out of the game. And uh, Michael Carter, who's also a capable running back, stole a couple of touchdowns. But Hall nevertheless had one touchdown of his own. 
And he's really been the centerpiece of the Jets offense since Zach Wilson has come back in at quarterback. And Zach Wilson has guided the Jets to a couple of victories in his first two starts. He's shown some progress from a shaky rookie year last year, but they really have been carried by their ground game. They're not throwing it as much with Joe, as they did when Joe Flacco was in there. So it's kind of made uh, all three of their receivers, uh, Davis, uh, Wilson, and more, uh, shaky in fantasy again. Uh, it's it's also kind of obliterated the fantasy stock of Tyler Conklin, the tight end who came over from Minnesota, who had some decent performances with Flacco. So obviously Green Bay's been vulnerable against the run this year. I would certainly say Brees Hall is a starter uh, probably the rest of the year, of course, but not sure really about any of the Jets. Uh, I think this is probably a pretty tough test for them at Lambeau against a very angry Packers team that lost in London to the Giants and has to come home. So I expect Green Bay is going to turn the tide. This is a pretty good week to start your Packers. Uh, obviously, Aaron Jones headlines that list, but I think it's a pretty good spot for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he might be due for a bigger game this week. Uh, A.J. Dillon really didn't do much last week, but there were also a couple of times he was in at the goal line and Green Bay didn't call his number. So uh, even though he's been in a bit of a slump, I certainly think you can justify starting him again. And uh, it's probably not bad weeks to start Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs. Even if you're desperate, Randall Cobb, he had a pretty big game in London, will probably come down from that, but uh, not the absolute worst desperation option. I think Green Bay will right the ship this week. Uh, New-, New York's wins have been against uh, the likes of Pittsburgh and Miami, you know, down to their third string quarterback. And uh, in another game earlier, Cleveland just really gave away. So they struggled against Joe Burrow and they struggled against Lamar Jackson. So if you see the pattern there, I think they're probably going to struggle some against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Let's stay with these surprising New York teams and the Giants. And boy, they're four and one and they host the Ravens. This is a Giants team the Texans will face in a few weeks. How do you see this one? Well, I'm very impressed uh, by the new regime in New York with the Giants and everything because uh, they're four and one and they basically are doing it with one star on offense in Saquon Barkley. Uh, Daniel Jones has been okay, of course. He's not been phenomenal, but, uh, you know, he's been doing some good things running the ball. They don't really have much of wide receiver right now. They've, they've been plagued by injury. Sterling Shepard was the best wide receiver they had. He's out for the year. Kenny Galladay has been a colossal bust as a free agent. Uh, you know, Richie James came over from San Francisco. He's helped. Uh, but the younger players, Wandale Robinson, Kadarius Toney, they've been hurt. They finally started giving Darius Slayton some opportunities again. He might be a sneaky deep flex player this week just because Baltimore has been vulnerable against the pass. But I, I kind of like the Ravens in this one. Uh, I, of course, I didn't think the Giants were going to beat the Packers, and they did. But uh, I like Baltimore uh, to pull this one out. Uh, usual suspects, obviously, for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews should do very well. Keep an eye on Devin Duvernay. Uh, former Texas Longhorn, he was uh, more involved uh, with Rashad Bateman out last week, and they were even getting him involved a little bit on the ground. Uh, it was a quiet day for J.K. Dobbins. Uh, with him not catching passes a lot of the time, that kind of keeps his fantasy ceiling lower, but uh, you could use him certainly if you had to. Let's get to the next one because the Vikings are at the Tuolus Dolphins and the Tua list dolphins sort of look like the toothless dolphins without Tua and this dolphins 
team, Andy, they're racked by injuries. and The Vikings are four and one. This seems like an obvious one, right? You got to go with the Vikings here. I would certainly tend to think Minnesota will win. Minnesota occasionally has a history of stubbing its toe in these situations. But this year, the Vikings have been winning close games. Last year, they lost a lot of close games. And I think many people thought going into the season, Minnesota was going to turn into an offensive juggernaut with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams. Uh, they have not, uh, but the usual suspects there are still putting up pretty good numbers, uh, such as, you know, Justin Jefferson. He hasn't had a gigantic game yet. It'll come, of course. Dalvin Cook's played pretty well, and you still have uh, guys like uh, Adam Thielen that are having uh, a good game here or there. Uh, you know, not necessarily in his prime anymore, but can still pitch in for fantasy teams. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins looks like another week of Skylar Thompson, which certainly deflates the stock of guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Uh, hard to bench either one of those guys because they're capable of taking a short pass, you know, 70 yards for a touchdown and all that. But the overall ceiling is certainly lower in Miami. I would guess that Jefferson would have a big day against a, a beat-up Dolphin secondary, right? Certainly possible, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's just the question with him, I think, People are thinking big days are like 200 yards and three touchdowns, and he's still getting, you know, over 100 yards. Uh, the touchdowns will come. He's too good of a player uh, for that not to happen. Next up on the big matchups, two ex-Texans opponents. The Broncos are at the Chargers. Maybe a little buyer's remorse over Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, the coach. I don't know if he wants to buy property in denver right now andy it doesn't look too good no i mean that situation is uh the denver is easily one of the league's most disappointing teams right now and i it's hard to pinpoint an exact cause but a lot of it to me goes back to coaching right now i mean it goes back to the opening night in seattle where they tried to kick a 64 yard field goal and obviously even though brandon McManus is a pretty good kicker uh, that was too much to ask when they could have easily kept moving the ball. And then you counter that with a recent game against Indianapolis where, you know, Denver could have run late in the game on third down. They chose to let Russ cook, and it was a bad meal as he threw a pick to Stephon Gilmore, the great cornerback for the Colts. And obviously Indianapolis ends up winning that game in overtime. The Broncos could have also conceivably kicked a field goal in overtime and gotten out of that game with a tie, if nothing else. Um, and, you know, Indianapolis would have had the ball back. Denver pretty much contained them all night. The Broncos could have gotten even another shot in overtime with the worst-case scenario being the tie. So, you know, that's like he's too timid. Then he goes to being too aggressive. I mean, that's the sign uh, of somebody who's really struggling uh, as a coach. I mean, certainly some of the struggles are on Russ. Uh, you know, and they did lose Javante Williams, their great second-year running back for the season. Uh, it's just a mess there. Um, you know, I, I still think that they're capable of going on a bit of a run at some point because their defense has been playing really well. Uh, but right now, it's, it's, it's certainly a grim situation there. It, it, the, the stock right now, the, the best stock going into Monday night for the Broncos is probably with the running backs. Melvin Gordon, of course, used to play for the Chargers, so he'll be motivated for that game. Chargers have definitely been uh, vulnerable on the ground. I mean, Nick Chubb kind of chews up everybody, but he, he had a great game against them. You go back, James Robinson earlier this year for Jacksonville had a 50-yard touchdown run against them. Of course, Damian Pierce had a 75-yard run uh, when they beat the Texans in week four. So 
Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, I think, makes for a pretty good start. Obviously, you have to hope he's not fumbling because that could earn him an early hook. Mike Boone even might be uh, in play for you to use in fantasy this week. Uh, as far as their wide receivers go, Cortland Sutton's probably a better bet than Jerry Judy, although Judy's always capable of a big play. But it, it's really hard to start Russ right now. On, on the Chargers side of the equation, Austin Eckler's red hot with five touchdowns uh, the last two weeks. Uh, they've also been getting good play out of Mike Williams out wide. Uh, Justin Herbert's uh, fallen off a little bit, and it's a tough matchup, but got to leave him in your lineup because he's always capable of three to five touchdowns in a huge game. Uh, I kind of like the Chargers a little bit in this one, but you know the Chargers are a pretty zany team, and right now Denver looks pretty zany, so it wouldn't be surprising if the Broncos won that one, but I'll take the Chargers for now. Chargers never make anything look easy, that's for sure. And we talked about Nathaniel Hackett being on the hot seat. Matt Rule's gone from Carolina. Uh, what did you think of that? What did you think of Matt Rule as a coach? Is he is it unfair with the quarterbacks that he's had there to get rid of him? Well, ultimately, as a pro coach, Matt Rule is a great college coach. That's kind of what I'll say about that. Certainly, he didn't have the best quarterback situation to deal with, but you know, they they also had some impatience there at the quarterback spot. And, uh, you know, he's also kind of like not really been consistent on what type of offensive philosophy he wants. Uh, it's not terribly surprising. I mean, he basically came in uh, with a winner else mandate, and they're just not a very good football team. There's not very many usable players, and it's time to – embark on a bit of a rebuild. I mean, they'll probably have a fairly high pick. Maybe they can finally use that to get the quarterback, but you know, they tried to band-aid the position and you know, at this point it's pretty safe to say Sam Darnold probably is on a long-term career backup path. Baker may be on a long-term career backup path and Teddy Bridgewater already is. So uh, certainly the quarterback situation didn't help, but I, I think rule ultimately is a great college coach. I mean, look at the track record he had at Temple and Baylor and he'll have his pick of the openings right now in, in college. So it, I think it's going to work out best for all parties that he's not the head coach there anymore. Well, we talk about quarterbacks all the time, but I just got to ask you because I mean, I'm watching these games. They're, they're not fun. They're kind of boring. Is it my imagination or is the quarterback play this year unusually poor? I mean, Davis Mills hasn't seemed so bad as we watch the Texans opponents and some of the quarterbacks they're running out there. Well, I think you've seen a lot of quarterbacks have uh, more down games than usual, I guess would be a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, I just I'm not super impressed. You know, we talked about Mahomes and Josh Allen earlier in the show, and there's a couple other guys that are having a good year. I mean, Geno, what is going on with Geno and see? <laughs> I'm I'm shocked by that, but kudos to him. I mean, he managed to hang around to get another opportunity, and he's been taking advantage of it so far. So I'm surprised at that, but uh, I'll give him props, obviously. Yeah, I'd love to see just better overall quarterback play. And it, it seems like we say that a lot, but this year, I don't know. It just feels like it's been unusually bad. Um, I want to wrap it up, but if you want to ask Andy fantasy questions, it's at Andy Rio. It's I. It, oh, excuse me, I. It's R I O U X is how you spell Rio. There's the I is later in the in the word, uh, but it's at Andy Rio on Twitter. Always good to see you, Andy. Let's do it again in a week or so. 
All right. Sounds good. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.